Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me, a podcast about subfield shows for heroes. I'm James Dorton, but you can call me Kip, and I'm your expert. I'm James Baker, I'm your newcomer. This week we watch Common Rider 01, episodes 23 and 24. It's high quality. <laughs> Shin. Here we are, and I'm not sure if I should be mad at Apple or not, but um, some shout-outs to uh, Discarded Discardes for your uh, review, which didn't show up for me on my feed, so I'm not sure about that, but thank you for the review. So, this week, James, how have you been? I've been pretty good, man. Uh, pretty chill as of late. Um, I'm in a weird space right now. Uh, I kind of dropped all the anime that I'm currently watching from 2020. And just picked up uh, Berserk 1997. Uh, when I first got into anime, my friend was a huge, like, I, I looked at him like the guy for anime. Uh, we always call him Anime Midnight. <laughs> and uh, I remember he had Berserk series on DVD back in the day, but um, I never watched it straight through. And I just picked it up. Um, I found it on the top list of, uh, or a list for top 100 anime all time. And it was on there. And I'm really enjoying it. Have you ever watched it? A little bit of Berserk. Like, I know it's had, like, a couple series now, though. So, like, I, like, don't think I looked at the one from 1997. Yeah, and that's um that's a response that I always get from my friends that watch anime as well. Um, I think most people are familiar with uh, Berserk 2016, I believe. And it may be a more recent version of Berserk that's kind of CG that I heard is pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, the anime is trash in that one. Yeah, but if you get a chance and you uh, can find... Berserk 1997. It is amazing. Um, the first few episodes are a little rough. Uh, you don't really get engaged and immersed into the atmosphere and all that in the first few. But once you start uh, picking up the character development, the storylines, the soundtrack, oh my god, it, I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm like five episodes away from finishing it, and I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, anyways, how's your week? How's your week been, man? It's been all right. Like until like today, basically, like I've just like felt like utter crap. But like I was like actually like wondering. Um, so you dropped like most of your like album of like modern shows. Like why is that? I don't know. It's just like I feel like everything's the same. Um, especially as far as shonen goes. Um, most of the plots are similar to anime that I've seen before. So there's not really anything being super nuanced at the moment. Um, it's just like variations of old anime to me. <clears throat> so, um, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't say I'm not, I'm out of it. It's just like, sometimes I go through weird phases where I just let anime episodes build up so I could just binge it in a weekend, mm-hmm. like a month of episodes in one sitting. <laughs> so, um, I'm not saying that everything from 2020 is bad. I'm really enjoying the shows that I am watching, but, uh, I'm just looking for something very nuanced, something I didn't experience before. And, it's just like going back and watching an old film and you realize that this has been ripped off so many times and it's kind of like a pioneer 
Um, I believe that the voice of the main character from Berserk is actually the voice of Goku, which was very interesting to find out. So, Oh, really? Yeah, this is one of his first gigs. So I always see in the comments after the show, um, it's weird watching Goku slice people in half. So <laughs> uh, that's very intriguing. Uh, what have you been watching lately, man? So, um, like, speaking of, um, like, Shonen, like, I actually uh, watched the um, new movie from My Hero Academia, which I do not have the name of, but it is um, Heroes Talk Rising, he- I think. Yeah, Hero Rising. Um, which is really good. It was, like, uh, they're kind of mixing semi-canon-ness into their movie, so it's not like a Dragon Ball Z thing where it's just, like, something happens. Like, it's trying to be a little canon. But also, it's a very well-animated movie. But it's definitely, like, way too advanced for people watching the anime to see. Like, I don't want to spoil it. Basically, like, this movie probably takes place towards the end of season five of the anime. And we're currently in the... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Have the characters aged at all? Or it's just the powers they're using? Yeah. Like, there's something that, like, Deku's just trying... Like, just started to, like, figure out how to do that he's mastered like Mm. in the movie for example like there's like a character that isn't going to show up probably like they might be you might see them from behind like at the end of the season or like there's a character that has like a pretty notable scar that they probably won't get until halfway through like the season there's at least one like one character who like has a change in their outfit which means this might not even take place until like the start of season six of the anime oh like just based on their costume change which would Hmm. be wild yeah. I have to see it now. How was your uh, theater experience? Was there a lot of uh, fans there or was it kind of empty house? So I wasn't going to uh, like my girlfriend likes Dragon Ball, but not my hero. So like I couldn't take her and, and like time that we like have, like, especially for like uh, just this past weekend was so limited that like I like had to go to like a showing at like 1030 in the morning. So it was like not packed. It was like m- maybe like 20 people, which is like a lot still, but. Okay. It was yeah. Because I remember when I went to go see the uh, the Dragon Ball Z Brawly movie, it was like mm-hmm. a fucking mad anime con. Like I love going to theaters whenever like everybody's one entity, <laughs> kind of like Marvel movies yeah. and stuff like that. I love experiences like that, and I know that My Hero is a popular anime, so I was kind of curious of how the turnout was. But ten thirty in the morning is pretty early, so I guess you yeah, probably missed the huge good, crowd. Though. One thing about like Dragon Ball Z though is that like. It's just, like, so much easier to get, like, hype for it because it has, like, that lineage. And, like, like you can just watch it with no concern for, like, the plot. Like, you can just be like, oh, like, if you're somebody who can, like, convincingly cosplay as, like, Krillin, for example, you're going to be so excited because you're, like, finally. Like, it's just, like, there's so much more fun, like, to, like, go see something that people have loved for 20 years versus, like, even five years, you know? Yeah, so... um. Before we move into zero one, I kind of want to close it out with a little conversation about this season of My Hero since we're already on a conversation. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying this season? Uh, yeah. Okay. It definitely does fit into you maybe wanting to watch it like in it in like chunks of episodes though, because I um after last season ended, I like read up to and I am still current with um like with the manga, and um I really do like both of the arcs like the like the season has just like i get that they aren't really as like propulsive as past arcs have been okay, what do you think i mean 
it's not a horrible season. Um, I'm not sure if I went on my My Hero rant on this pod or not yet, but I guess I'll do it again. It's just this season was so hyped up for me, like from like manga readers and, you know, people that know what's going to happen. They're like, oh, this is a season when it goes down. And other than two major moments, uh, I've, it's been kind of lackluster for me. Um, that kind of sparked the reason why I dropped recent anime and just went back and watched some old shit. Is because it's like, I I I guess I just not into it anymore. Um, at the moment, not saying I don't like my hero. It's just the last episode I believe I watched was like, uh, people are calling it the babysitting episode. Whenever the kids were like going against uh the UA students with their Kirk, yeah. I'm like, what are we really doing? Like, I feel like that was a wasted opportunity to uh have like uh Todoroki and Bakugo you know, enter their phase of training because you had, you know, Deku and the rest of the gang have their, like, massive battle against uh, Shisiki, I think his name was, or Shisikai. Yeah. The guy with the mask. But uh, anyways, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm not sure where it's at now. I'm, I, I was just so turned off when they were fighting little kids to, like, gain their approval. But uh, hopefully it's gotten better by now. I'll pick it back up eventually, but I just, I just needed some time away from that. It's in like a very different part in the story, I think, where it is like a lot more about what does it mean? Like, it's like, what does it mean to be a hero? It feels to me like uh, the author who um, I don't, Horoshoki, um, that's probably wrong. He, it, it feels like he realized like about like 100 chapters in, holy shit, what are the implications of the society that I, I made for this series that I'm suddenly writing? Like, he was like, I made the series, it's great. And like, then it got popular and he was like, okay, like I can keep making it. And then he kind of thought and was like, wait, what does it mean that this world's this way? And what does it mean for the stories and characters? And there's lots of stuff like that where like, you get like, um, right now, like the current like antagonist for like the second half of the season isn't like major in the same way as like previous ones, but it's much more about, okay, this is somebody who, has like a certain place in society and it's much more of like a personal stake versus like a grand stake. Which Yeah, and I'm not trying to come on here and criticize his writing style or the direction of his anime. I mean it is his, but I did see a lot of people giving him shit on Twitter, like saying, you know, like pick the series up, what the hell is this? A lot of people felt the same way I did, but I would never go as far as like talking shit about the, you know, the writer of the anime. And I'm pretty sure he has a lot more room to grow you know, his creation and learn from his mistakes, but we'll see. I do still want to see the movie though. Oh yeah. It's like a really great movie. It has um perhaps like the most boilable thing that happens that like could happen. And like the most like way you can one up, like it does one up like the previous movie in a way that is really wild. And like, they really can't do again, like reasonably, like they definitely like take things to a major point where it's like, Oh, this is like, Something maybe you couldn't reasonably do in the series. Okay, so that <clears throat> so that explains it because I have this guy that I work with that I'm pretty sure you come across people like this every now and then that if you're watching the same show, you feel like you have to keep up because that person's gonna mm-hmm. spoil it for you. He's always like, Did you see it? Did you see it? And I'm like, bro, like, nah, not yet. And I could tell he's like borderline by the spoiler for me, so I just walk away. So that's probably what he wanted to tell me about the film, because he asked me if I saw it. He was like, oh, bro, you got to see it. And I just kept walking because I know he's going to spoil something about it. But, okay, I definitely have to check it out. Yeah, um, 
And the last year, like um, like that movie too, is like also borderline canon, maybe not canon, but also just like a lot of fun. And like one quick thing, actually, like um, this past weekend was uh, the um, the um, pay per view revolution for A K W. Like, ow, I I just got bit by my cat. Sorry about that. But no, uh, for um, all elite wrestling, and it was super just damn like they fired on on all cylinders like it was like like amazing wrestling like amazing storytelling like it had like a championship change it was just like everything you want from like a show that people were hyped for it was the most excited like i've seen like my twitter feed for like something like in a while you know sweet because uh <clears throat> i saw my first AEW shirt in public the other day and i remember you say you watched it so i was like i guess it's starting to pick up a larger fan base this weekend was probably like a good moment too, because it was like two days before was when the WWE had uh, been in Saudi Arabia and they had this character that they spent like a year hyping up, like hadn't lost a match. And mm-hmm. then they brought back a dude that like had been retired for like 15 years, Goldberg. And oh, he beat him no. in two minutes. Yeah. Goldberg was this? there? Yeah, Goldberg at 53. Oh my God. Did he wrestle? Yes, he. Oh my God! He took the belt off this character, who's like a thirty-five-year-old guy who like hasn't lost in like a year straight. Like after like and just like he beat him in like three minutes. Like it was wild. Oh my God, that is amazing. Yeah, like I don't watch much, but like it was just like wow, people are pissed off that this dude came out of retirement to take <laughs> a belt off this guy who's like there every week. <clears throat> so when that happens, he has to defend his belt right so he's going to be the for be there for a while well next month is like wrestlemania so it's like he came back to do two shows the one in saudi arabia where they're getting paid like a shitload of money and like all like the like female stars like have to wear like t-shirts like over their ring gear mm-hmm. and then like for wrestlemania basically okay so he'll probably lose it in wrestlemania then yeah um like last year like for like a minute we got in to wwe but they super rely on like <clears throat> having like having people come back for like three matches beat all their current stars and then they're like huh why are like our current stars not popular mm-hmm. well because you like bring back dudes from the 90s to beat them instead of like putting them in, like in big matches. man i wish i was keeping up to date with all this stuff because wrestlemania is actually in the town or in the city that i live near so okay it's like right down the street and they're like you going to wrestlemania i'm like if i went i wouldn't know what the fuck's going on to be honest but i do respect wrestlemania and you know SummerSlam and all those other matches and everything but i'm just out of the loop <laughs> yeah i just can't watch what's going on in like wwe but like i like okay so it's not just there's me. so much good stuff like out there like, like there's like new japan where they're basically like there's people doing like full contact punches like there's stuff like in so many ways but yeah no, uh, let's uh, switch over to our episodes, though. Let's do it. And we are back to look at Common Rider 01, 23 to 22. And let's start with uh, episode... 23, I'm in love with your intelligence. So broad strokes, James, what do you think of this episode? Um, Overall, I'm always impressed that they keep coming up with 
new ideas of how to have human gears interact with humans by using their services. And, uh, you know, the opening of this episode was the returning star of uh, the last arc, Ebi. Uh, she broke away her husband <laughs> because I guess, you know, their, their marriage went south after that whole court drama. But uh, now she's looking for a new man. So um, I guess this is like the live action version of Tinder, <laughs> if you will, yeah. or numerous other uh, dating sites. But uh, it was fun for the most part. Um, at certain parts, it felt filler. And uh, it was cool to see Arudo, st- you know, like kick some ass with Metal Cluster Hopper and overall decent episode. What do you think? I like just like to start out like, um, that we see this kind of like moment of him trying like all his keys and being like, oh, wait, shit. Like, I guess I have to like go live in this weird like room full of anger and like be like trying out this like weird form. It's cool that like he started out like this like arc being like, okay, I'm fucked. Like, I can't like help people without like going berserk, which is like a really like cool way to start it. Um, and yeah, like I just like like that there's like a certain urgency to what was going on because like you have like a main character like who is partially like sidelined and like um i kind of wish that had lasted longer than just these like two episodes though um and just um real quick actually um for toku fans uh the um girl eb who's trying to get married and the matchmaker um whose name is just marriage match which okay (laughs) that's cool (laughs) Um, they're both actually, um, the, she's the yellow ranger and he's the blue ranger from, um, uh, from go busters, which is, uh, the Sentai show that the current power rangers is based off of. Hmm. Yeah. That's so, cool. um, and then, um, <clears throat> his catchphrase of like best match or whatever, that's from two seasons ago of like cop and rider, like whenever like that cop and rider, like transformed, like his belt would say best match. Oh, lots of like fun little jokes because like right now we're like 23 24 like we're smack dab in the middle of like this season that's cool because uh they had some really good uh chemistry during their little wedding ceremony uh and like i guess they did that kind of like to play with the fans that knew who they were like the blue ranger and the yellow ranger are playing like they're about to get married so that's pretty fun and um she looks like as thirsty for him as you can look in like a kid show <laughs> yeah she was so thirsty she was like let's just go back and do it and i saw this comment it was so fucking funny so match acts as izu how, what's the best way to insult a human and yeah, we don't know what the hell that, yeah. <laughs> we don't know what the hell she told him but this person was like izu need to stay off the internet <laughs> that shit was so funny <laughs> oh man that was a fun little part who taught her how to swear yeah, How'd she, she find out. She went down the dark web. She was on Twitter. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> she spent a little bit of time on Twitter and uh, other places in sites she shouldn't have been visiting. But uh, yeah, it was cool to see Izu actually, you know, initiate this whole thing. Uh, I wish she would have told us what they said, though. I need an uncensored version. <laughs> it was very like SpongeBob, like kind of like we know, but also like it was just like kids know too. Like it's like the same joke for like the like kid that knows like oh um they probably said the fuck word that's yeah. so cool so happy about that what'd you think about the uh the best friend the friend zone guy teru i what'd hated that 
You didn't like that little plot subplot? Yeah, like you can do a matchmaking plot about introducing like a best friend. And also like he kind of looked like he was some kind of caricature that like we don't recognize because we're not Japanese. Ah, uh, yeah. I like I like that. don't know if he is, but like he just felt like some kind of like weird like stock character, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the matchmaking plot wasn't ultimately that important to the arc. But um, I thought it was just like, uh, I'm actually your best friend. And actually, like, you should bury me. That's cool, I guess. But yeah, and I'm also not, glad not that fun. they, like, dropped that little tournament thing they're in. The best out of five. I, I, I'm assuming they're getting rid of that. They're not following through with the rest of it. So I think that comes back. Just right you now, so? there's, like, stuff going on. Yeah. yeah, I hope. But it was also cool that they're starting to, like, bring back or they're continuing to bring back old human gears, like the priest. He was, was the, the actor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like that. So hopefully we see Mr. Assassin or some other fan favorites again in the future. One more thing in the episode that, that was like really funny was um, when they bring um, the um, girl, Ebby, to get matched up like the first time, it's with Guy. And like, oh, um, we for- they just dunk on him. Stu- yeah. yeah, we didn't even talk about that. That was pretty funny. Um, they show like a shot of somebody walking outside the door and Naruto's trying to like, you know, be nosy and see who it is. And once I saw that fucking white trench coat, I'm like, is this guy? And he walks in like a fucking douche. And then uh, I believe Naruto was like, what are you doing here? Did you use Mr. Match as one of your services? And he said that he was on some site and, you know, just wanted to meet up with this chick. So he was on Match.com. Yeah. He's a lonely guy. He's such a prick. And like, he just like, um, keep saying stuff like I'm like a billionaire like I'm um eternally t- 22 and then like um it's it's you that says like oh look he's like 45 years old which is like yeah this episode this episode and uh the next one guy was getting pretty much put in his place like finally like you know Izu was taking shots at him uh match was telling him about himself and then, Fucking Yua loved it when he was getting like called out for being like a narcissist. Like <laughs> yeah. she was laughing her ass off. And then whenever we get to the next episode, we could talk about what happened there. But this was this was a rough stretch for a guy, finally. Yeah, like he's like no longer like the new agent. Like people are starting to like get their read on him and be like, okay, like you're like this <laughs> yeah. powerful common rider, like billionaire, but also he says something like, um, Oh, like I'm gonna like prove to the arc that like I'm better than you kind of thing. Like it's like okay, like he's like actually like the implication is that he made the key for Aruto just so he could beat the arc. Like it was like here, like I'm going to give you a body so I can kick your ass, which is really fun. Like it's a <laughs> massively narcissistic thing to do to be like, you think you're a god? Well, here's a body. Let's fight. <laughs> and um, yeah, so um, we get like another two fights with um metal cluster hopper where it's slightly less like dominant but also like it is just beating the shit out of Yua, like out of the raider like and let like it's just um very clearly like stronger than like what people could handle right now like it's just like rampaging yeah at the end of that final battle was pretty funny whenever he destroyed match and then like the heart went up in the air (laughs) whenever uh eb and teru got together that was pretty funny he kicked three people at the same time by like turning his body into like different riders it was you're overpowered we get you yeah he's so op right now and like even then though like you see that like there's guy trying to like work through it and like get behind him and like get around his stuff and like it's just like it's cool that like 
in this like middle arc, like we're getting a lot more um, like tactical fighting. Like I'm going to jump off my sword to look attack from behind, that kind of stuff. Or I'm going to like use this power to like fight, which is like a lot. It's cooler than just, than just like getting stronger, you know? Yeah. And it was cool that he, uh, I know he always uses Jack Rise, but this one felt like it was more like, oh shit, like what is he going to do with that one? You know what I mean? So like it was like a lot at stake during this episode's fight. And their fight um bleeds over into um twenty four. It's our turn, where um they actually um like stalemates with Metal Cluster, which is cool. Yeah, I hate guy, but this version of Thousand Break was so dope. Like that was that was really cool. I like what they did with that attack this time. I love how unilaterally like consistent guy is just pissed off about like he's pissed off about like the arc being independent but also that Arto has fate in like other people like he's just like pissed off that like there's people that exist that think different things or like have different views than him like he's so convinced that he's like superior that the fact that like there could be somebody who's optimistic or there could be somebody who's like living on their own or in like a different way he's just like oh fuck that that's not appropriate like I gotta like beat you down do you think he was like always like this or something happened after Aruto's grandfather died I mean like chances are like he got rejected in some way completely or just like a slight like scolding and he like took it way too far like he was like you're telling me that I'm not the right person to to lead this project or something like that like I think he just like took some kind of rejection from like the arc or from like Aruto's like grandfather and then just lost it. That's my thought at least. Yeah. Like he wanted to take over hidden intelligence, for example, and his grandfather was like, no, you're not, you're not worthy. Yeah. Or even just like you are like a complete genius, but you don't understand like the value of life kind of thing. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. That's, that sounds on point. And um, we see that match makes couple, which is like, really funny he's he's like in like a hole at the beach watching them like get married or whatever yeah (laughs) just a fun little scene (laughs) that's funny we see um that fua is not in control of the situation with like hirobi at all he's just like losing it like if you ever have to punch somebody in like a straight jacket you aren't the person in control of that robe yeah i've heard some really cool theories about what's going on with uh fua um, I guess we could discuss that at the end of the episode, but after I heard those, it kind of started making a little sense. Um, I think I said something referring to it last pod, but, mm-hmm. um, it's just really cool to see Fuwa keep going back to Hirobi for answers. It's kind of like, when the fuck did this guy rely so much on, you know, a human gear or a gear for information? You know, he, beginning of this season or this, uh, series, he seemed like he was kind of like the the brash um, rogue agent that didn't need anyone. And now he's like going to Hirobi for answers for everything. He like he can't figure out anything on his own. We see again, like at like the end of the episode that like that last shot is of chair being empty and like Hirobi escaped, which is just OK. Why do you have to have him tied to a chair in like a empty pool or whatever? Like, why couldn't he be in a cell or guarded properly? Like, what's what choices are you making? Like, he's just not really, he's like being cool and helping with like fighting, but also he seems like he is like shook, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, 
towards the end of that like last episode while he was fighting guy like that arto was thinking into like the malice of like the arc so like uh the main thrust of this episode is that uh, we have like these past human years coming back and working together to try and like help him get his power back under control and like what do you think of that like whole like arc right there with those like returning actors and everything even though it's not the same thing, it kind of reminded me of whenever Goku was like making a spirit bomb. <laughs> he was like, lend me your energy. Lend me this. Lend me that. <laughs> I just had like, you know, like throwback visions of that, even though it was nothing compared to this. But um, I thought it was really cool. It actually showed how many human gear Arudo has actually like helped throughout this show so far. And there was a lot of, you know, familiar faces and um, for Izu to actually initiate his plan was also kind of touching as well. Um, and they created the Progrise Hopper Blade, which is pretty sick. You know, I'm a fan of anybody with a sword, so it was a pretty dope weapon. Um, very powerful, and from that, he brought out, um, I believe it was the Mammoth's Axe Rise or something like that. I forget. But he took the, he put the two blades together to make the ultimate blade, so that was pretty sick, too. So, um, but yeah, it was really cool to see all the human gear actually join forces to help out Aruto. And they made their own like keys basically like from their positive interactions with him yeah and then and that that's was, what became the blade that, that, was, that cool. was also interesting too to see that they actually had keys so i guess that's how they're able to always come back from you know getting destroyed is from these keys i thought it was like i thought it was like data backed up to the satellite and it may still be that as well but i'm pretty sure the keys are 80 percent of how they're able to come back because they were thinking positive thoughts then they put the empty key to their like self and made that a key to load to make the blade. And then like um when he like transforms like the next time to like metal cluster like hopper after that happens, it now says everybody jump, not just like yeah, high quality or whatever. So like it's like a it's cool that the answer to this key's power is like community, which is like a very fitting way to have somebody like Arto like be powered up. But yeah, um, I saw someone say that his next power up is going to say, um, everybody jump around. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. But um, before we leave here, um, you said uh, everybody were positive thinking. Um, I forgot to ask you about how did you feel about um, when it was revealed that Match actually made himself go berserk? Yeah, to, I thought like, that was kind of lame. Yeah, I'm like. That's that's a big stretch to actually put yourself in a position to go berserk, even though they clarified that he wanted to pretend like he went berserk and that Ark tapped into, you know, him coming to that close to, quote unquote, the dark side um, and, you know, actually made him go all the way berserk. I thought that was kind of far fetched and I didn't like that. I liked when um, the actor human gear said, oh, like I was just pretending to have my eyes be red like that was fun. (laughs) That, yeah. Like, that was much more plausible than I was just pretending to go and lose my whole personality and become yeah. a monster. It's like, that's not as believable. Um, like, um, to do my job to make these people fall in love. Like, that also goes back to how far the human gears will do to accomplish a mission. And that was pretty far. That was, like, over the edge. Just what to do get you think these of that whole, um, like, last fight scene, though, where, like, we see that um, metal... Cluster Hopper is like now in line and like now has this like new sword and everything and can like fight normally. Um, I like thought it was a little too soon. 
Yeah, that was way too fast. Like, I think Metal Cl- Cluster Hopper's been around for, with this episode, maybe four episodes. The and end of 22 it came about. So this is the third episode of it. Yeah, he's already able to control it. Um, I thought the same thing about assaulting Wolf with a fool. I'm like, so he's not even going to cough blood anymore? Or it just seems like the power scaling is working so fast at this point. Um, and I don't know why they're rushing things. But uh, I feel like they could have probably had him, you know, at times have it under control and then the arc will tap back in and then he'll go berserk and just have it kind of like malfunctioning throughout battles. But for him to have it completely under control was kind of wild. So with this happen, I'm pretty sure we're never going to see Shining Hopper again or maybe not even the original suit. I feel like once you go this far, as far as power scaling, it's kind of hard to take 10 steps back. It's it's hard though because with these shows, like I think it sometimes it's like, oh, this power is five times greater, but then like as it goes on, it's like this is just stronger. Like it becomes much more. This is just stronger. So like we'll we'll probably see like those first like first like tier of suit and suit. So like we'll see him use his uh, bear form again or like his tiger form, and, and, and then like I don't know if we'll see much of like shining hopper but like we'll probably see like shining assault hopper because like i think like they like to have those suits come back and like amp up and be like okay super saiyan now you go super saiyan 3 now you go super saiyan 4 that kind yeah of thing, you know i was i was just going to say that kind of reminds me of you know whenever goku or vegeta's fighting somebody and they always start off on super saiyan 1 i'm like can we just go blue like <laughs> just get straight <laughs> to the point but it makes it more dramatic and, you know, going through stages to get to, you know, the ultimate pinnacle of your power is also uh, really cool. So I guess I didn't I didn't know they did that in this show, too. So that makes sense. But yeah, uh, they'll probably keep using like that, like main form the whole time. Like, OK, it's just off for a while. What do you think happened with Guide this whole stretch? Like the last thing that happened, or not the last thing, but second to the last thing that happened to him was that he got played by Engie, the uh, the acting yeah. Huma Gear, into b- believing that this guy was actually, you know, doing the arc's bidding and pretty much gave him information that helped out, you know, Arudo. Like, this was like the first time I really saw him slacking to this extent. And I think he really underestimated the power of a Huma Gear. What do you think happened? I think, like I was saying before, he's just like, so convinced that he's right that he has to crush people that have faith in human gears. Like he has to crush like the arc. Like he has to crush like human gears to show that he's right and he's superior. Like he's like the person like who um is really good at doing like math problems like in their head that like gets mad that computers can do it faster. It's like it's not a productive way to be like he's just like so caught up in this weird feeling of like having to be like superior he's basically like fucking up the future of labor and like ai for like the world because he doesn't want to feel obsolete which is fucking wild (laughs) yeah guys on a whole nother level and um we're saying that that, um i've not watched the trailer for it but um with this episode came the announcement that the first box set of zero one would come with um something called Project Thouser, which is like a two-part origin story for Guy. Hmm. Yeah, like, there's lots of, like, cool side story stuff with Kamen Rider shows, like, where it's like, oh, here's this character when they were in jail, 
and they got tortured and then became like common rider kind of thing. Are we going to like do a pod on that too? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's lots of side stuff for common rider shows. Like maybe we'll just like say like fuck it and be circumspect. But um, there's still the movie that came out in December. There's like a movie that'll come out in like August. Like there's a movie that'll come out that's like the crossover with the next like show. So there's going to be lots of stuff like probably for the year or two after the show airs, there will still be like stuff coming out like with the cast and the roles. Just like here's like the episode of like of the story of what Hirobi does after the series or whatever. Like, for example, like who knows? But yeah. Um, so for next time, we realized it was going to be Friday the 13th. So we wanted to dip into horror. And how are we doing that, James? We're checking out Garo, the first two episodes. Um, yeah. I'll leave it up to you to specify which one. Because you said it's like different variations of it. So I'll let you do that. So Garo is... Uh, Garo, uh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's whatever, but, uh, It's the... I could also be <laughs> wrong, but... Uh, uh, tomato, tomato. So, yeah, tomato, to Garo. Ooh, I might have to use that. Writing that down. Yeah, tattooing that to my neck. Okay. Tomato Tagaro. Yeah. But um, so I've mentioned before that there's like a big three for like shows and like franchises in Toku. And that's like the most popular is a common rider. Like the most historically s- significant is Ultraman. Then you have Sentai, which is like what Power Rangers is based off of. Blah, blah, blah. So like Garo is kind of like the other franchise it's like the newest by far like it first came out in 2005 versus mm. like the rest coming out in like the 60s and 70s <clears throat> okay i'm like it's not trying to be like a show for kids like it's trying to be like a urban fantasy horror show for adults like so there's stuff like death violence and nudity so we're looking at the first two episodes of the first series which is just called garo um or garo which is just called garo um, there are a bunch of other series. Currently, there are 23 different entries in the franchise, six of which are TV shows. Three of them are anime series. Um, there's like three different timelines that like things are like like across. So there's like an original timeline, like an anime timeline, and there's like another timeline. So, yeah, it's a, a daunting series to get into, especially since like a lot of them are just like called Garo, then like some subtitle. But just know that we're just looking at the 2005 show. The first two episodes should just be called Garo. Should be just out there as Garo because <laughs> it's confusing otherwise. But yeah, it's a interesting. It's the other franchise to look at. Like that's not for kids and that kind of thing. All right. Um, where can people find you, James? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under PopcultNet. Where can they find you, James? You can find me on Twitter at James Forge. And you can find the podcast at uh, twitter.com at Come Ride With Me, CommonRideWithMe.com. And you can email us, podcast at CommonRideWithMe.com. And as always, uh, I guess the crime you would do for this week, what would it be? What crime was most like prevalent in this week? Watch Common Rider and it would have to do something with online dating, right? And don't, and catfish. Yeah. <laughs> catfish Watch Common Rider and catfish. Yeah. <laughs>